Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hi. That was Entre Palos y Alegrías from Cardenales del Éxito. They uh, are from Venezuela and they're one of many bands that played this genre of music called gaitas that are only played in December and they're usually very festive and they talk about, you know, nostalgia and all the good things that we love about December, um, Navidad, the food, the drinking, the dancing and the being with family. Oh, all the things we're missing this year. Yep. <laughs> oh, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> well, aside from that, I wanted, we, we wanted to start on a good note, but we just got reminded that we're not going to spend Navidad with our family. But welcome, everybody, to the last episode of our season. This is La Arepa y el Taco. Yeah, the last episode of 2020. <laughs> 2020. I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it was a wild year. But it is, um, it is, yeah, it, it, happy song, but it kind of brought us back to like this pit of uh, depression. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did cancel my trip. I was supposed to go to Texas to see my family. And then my, my family was like, no, cancel your trip. You're not traveling. Because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same issue. My mom, my mom was like, I think it's best if you stay there. So. Well, we are being responsible. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah. We know. We know that. But in any case, since we're not going to be home, I wanted to ask you, what are your favorite uh, Navidad meals that are special to your family? Oh well, um, I mean the most quite uh, like the most important meal for Navidad is the tama our tamales. Oh like, really? My mom, usually my mom and my sisters and my my nieces get together and all day or the weeks before they work and make literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of tamales for the whole family. Uh, pork tamales, cheese tamales frijoles, tamales, uh, chicken tamales, sometimes if there's turkey, turkey tamales, wow. all kinds of tamales. Wow. Uh, and, uh, or, or some, uh, like dessert tamales. Anyway, all of these tamales are made. And then on Christmas, uh, not on Christmas day, I mean, we have them all throughout the holidays, but on Christmas Eve, everybody comes over and we all have tamales, um, for lunch. And then in the evening, we usually um, do barbecue. So we, we do fajitas, brisket, sausage, salchicha, um, wow. potatoes, uh, mashed potatoes, tostadas. Uh, and then we, we are up till midnight when everybody then says, you know, uh, noche buena, and everybody hugs and kisses each other. Oh. Do you, yes, do you open presents during the night of Nochebuena or the next day? Typically that night. Okay. The kids, I think, depending on family, the kids, I think, do it the next day. But 
I do it that night. <laughs> yeah, I love doing it that night too. Um, what about drinking? What kind of drinks do you guys have with the dinner? I mean, I, my family, you know, is pretty basic when it comes to the drinking. Um, sometimes if we want to be special, we make like one year. I, oh, when I first moved to New York and I uh, went back for Christmas, I uh, introduced them to Coquito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, we, I mean, it's been years since they had like Rompope, which is kind of like Coquito. It's like an eggnog. Yes. But uh, uh, sometimes you make piña coladas. Um, usually it's just like beers and okay. whiskeys. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? What does your family do? Well, we also uh, make uh, different kinds of tamales. We call them ayacas. Oh. Yes. <laughs> they look like tamales, but they're made differently, too. Um, like the stuffing on the inside is different. Um, we make a guiso, which is kind of like a stew made of different types of meats, including beef, pork, um, chicken, and, and some types of vegetables in there. We uh, lay the the dough of the tamal which is also made of corn and we put the the guiso inside and we add olives raisins um more chicken and other vegetables that we didn't add to the guiso and then we wrap it we boil it and we also eat it uh on nochebuena and the days after that it's also mm -hmm. a huge tradition that we do with um, like you need different family members to do it. It's not a one person job. And then on Nochebuena, we have the pernil. Uh, yes, that takes several hours to do it, but it's delicious. Um, do you, uh -huh. the pernil? Me? Are you the pernil? I do not, but I used to. <laughs> <laughs> My mom, I think the hardest part about becoming vegetarian was probably uh, Christmas because I had to miss out on all these amazing meals that my mom makes because they all have meat um but we have adapted like she learned to make vegetarian ayacas now and because of that a lot of people used to order from her vegetarian oh. vegetarian ayacas they were like hook me up on that but it's not a traditional thing she also makes pan de jamón very mm. traditional um it's like a long bread, sweet, sweet bread, and she stuffs it with all different kinds of jamón and bacon. You would love it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, the, the dessert, it depends. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't forget that. If she listens to this episode, she's going to say, why did you mention ensalada de gallina? That's also another staple meal of the night. And dulce de lechosa, it's very mm. popular. So I'm gonna miss all of that. I know, yeah. Uh, for desserts, my sisters usually make like three or four cakes. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then New Year's, my mom usually makes buñuelos. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, really, how are they different from the Colombian buñuelos? I don't know what the Colombian buñuelos. Oh, oh my God! You have to. Okay, we have to do that for an for another time next year. We'll go to a Colombian yeah. bakery so you can try um, them. 
my mom usually makes it. It's kind of like a tortilla style, like flour and 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 cinnamon, and then cinnamon and sugar, and then fried up. <gasps> that sounds delicious. Oh yeah, the buñuelos from Colombian bakeries are very different from those you're talking about. They're stuff. They're like these round fried balls with cheese inside. Oh yeah, no, that things. <laughs> simple <laughs> but yeah uh i told my parents that we can hopefully celebrate christmas when we even if it's in the middle of the year next year yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you should um one thing that my mom does is she freezes the ayacas so maybe they can freeze some tamales for you but <laughs> so when you go you can eat them yeah of course of course <laughs> or make fresh ones Oh, well, oh, fine. I mean, yes, make fresh ones. <laughs> That's a lot of work for my mom to do. She'll just be like, I'll freeze them. I'm not making this again. Only once a year. <laughs> but anyway, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, what about now? Just quickly, what do you think you're going to make for dinner this year now that you're home? Well, apparently... Well, my boyfriend's family, they do a, uh, they're like into doing a, what do you call it? Seafood fest on Christmas Eve. Because apparently, and I, I, I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic too. So this is, we don't abide by these rules, but in his family, they abide by these rules where you don't eat, you're not supposed to eat meat on Christmas Eve. So they do a seafood fest. So I think we're going to do, um, like, scallops and crab stuff, <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> that is so different no, from your usual thing. Yeah, very <laughs> different. But, you know, we're both stuck here, you know, in, in Brooklyn. So we're going to do a little bit of beach. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. Uh -huh. Aw. Yeah, what are you going to do? I have no idea what I'm going to do yet. I don't know. We'll see. Desserts are very important, so I need to think of something to do for desserts. Me too. Me too. And, and my, my our biggest issue in our family is that my mom is an amazing cook, but she does not like baking. So we always have to figure it out, the, the desserts, as a group, because she's not. She doesn't like making them. <laughs> and I love them. We eat panettone. Yeah. That's a very Christmassy thing to eat. What's that? Panettone. It's like this. It comes from Italy, but they brought it to Latin America many decades ago. And it, it caught up. Um, but it's also like a sweet bread. You, you can eat it with coffee. Um, and it's stuffed with, um, sometimes with uh, sweet fruits or raisins or chocolate. And you put um, powdered sugar on top. It's really good. That sounds really tasty. It is. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't tried panettone either. Damn. We have to. We have to hook you up. Yes. Yes. I am very excited to be hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> I need. Uh, I. I. Uh, I mean, this kind of brings us to like, you know, some, you know, exciting times. Hopefully, in the near future. Yeah. I've seen reports of you know the hope of vaccines coming. Yeah, for sure, but it was such a crazy year. Sure.
but it was it was a year a very long year if yes i feel exhausted and i also feel like it changed me in many ways that i needed to be changed so i'm going to use the rest of the year to reflect and prepare for the next one because i feel like 2021 is also going to be a whole different monster in a different way um hopefully not as crazy as this one but we're gonna have a new president for example well yeah a lot of changes coming next year hopefully good changes <laughs> me too but just like reflecting on like some of the 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 craziness of this year i mean stuck at home uh, I remember, I don't really, to be honest, don't remember January or February that well. I, I remember having some fun, I think, like going out. <laughs> Saw some shows on Broadway. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. You used to go, you used to go to Broadway so much. I know. I know. <laughs> go out a lot. <laughs> uh, but then I remember March 13th. That was the start of staying indoors. Yeah. Um, but 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 let's let's go back because we we started our first episode the last week of February this year, and yes. and you were already freaking out like we were we were we were recording and you were very concerned about all the surfaces around us. And you were already like, I'm going to stay home. And I can't believe that my office hasn't sent me home. You were freaking out. So I feel like you were already preparing for this before any of any of us did. And then two weeks later, it was just like, shelter in place. I, I know. I have been uh, warning. Uh, yeah, I remember I took out a friend of mine, my friend Friday, and I went out to dinner a couple of, like a week or two before, or maybe three weeks before things, when things were getting bad. And I was like... You should sanitizer. <laughs> you should prepare because things are gonna change very drastically. And I remember, like the last weeks, like one of the last weeks I was at work, and you know my job was right by Times Square. Mm. I was just walking around and I was looking at people. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna be so different in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Anticipating the worst because I, I, as you know, love scary uh, apocalyptic movies. And yeah. sure enough, it happened. <laughs> But that's why I feel like, you know, it, 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 people should have taken me seriously back then. I feel like now people should take me seriously now when I think that there's a lot of hope to be had because I think things are going to be getting better next year. Slowly, but surely, I think by next summer, it's going to be a totally different vibe. I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if we can recall, I mean, like we were both stuck in, in our apartments in New York City. We didn't leave. Nope, and no, we didn't. March, April, like most of March or half of March, and then April was the worst. Yeah, for sure. The first two weeks of April, I feel like we're traumatizing for everyone. Well, I think specifically for New Yorkers. Yes, yes, yes. And specifically with like here, living here, um, it just, I mean, this is why I think we still like are traumatized about it because April was just so scary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember that I was getting emails from, from the city and they were showing the, they, they changed that a few weeks after, but they were showing the number of people that will die 
every day and it was it was like every day will go up and it was hundreds of people it was insane it was so scary um and the sirens never stopped the sirens were yeah um, 24 we got used to the whole month all we heard was sirens yeah which was crazy same same here actually that was that was one thing i did not like about this experiencing covid in Queens was just the, the amount of sirens, police sirens, ambulance, fire trucks, everything all the time. And the streets, because I live uh, very close to uh, um, one, of the mo- one of the busiest streets in Queens and it was empty. And just to see that, like it really, it, it gets to you. It's, it's impactful. It's like, wow, it's dead. There's no movement. There's no energy, nothing. Yeah, no, the whole month, and it was cold still, yeah. it was cold, and um, yeah, I just remember, like, even waking up in the middle of the night, you heard sirens all the time, sirens, um, and you never heard people, You some, I mean, the only people I heard during that time were, like, my neighbors talking about how, you know, a relative died, or they were talking about their neighbor dying, or, you know, I had a couple of neighbors pass away, and that's the conversations I would hear from the hallway. Very yeah. scary. Yeah. No, it was crazy. Um, all right. But one thing we did, we did meet up through Zoom, and we continue doing our episodes um, regardless of and everything that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And we did it. We did it. We did it. It was good. Um we could, and then we went through the summer. We did meet up. Well, yeah, I remember the summer. Yes. <laughs> that was fun. We got to go to the park a couple of times. Yes, I did see you finally. I saw you the day that the election results were finally, you know, counted. Um, well, that was the most fun I've ever had in the city, I think. Um even with pandemic going on. That was, I think, one of the... I think that was the most fun I've ever had in New York City. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know if it was, like, just the being stuck inside all year long. and But, like, I remember every... Like, I remember, like, 11.30 in the morning hit and they announced the, the race. And people banging their Pops. stuff outside and clapping and... You started hearing spontaneous claps and 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 hoorays, and then and walk, walking down uh, to the Brooklyn Museum and Grand Army Plaza, and people just dancing on the streets <laughs> with live music and champagne bottles popping everywhere. And then it was a friend's birthday that he had planned already at the park, and we were at the park all day, and people every twenty minutes just clapped. <laughs> yeah and cheered and it, then that's when we met up yeah and then there were fireworks that night just spontaneous fireworks all over the city that night yeah and that was there was like a collective joy that day that we had been holding on to the, enti- the entire year and maybe using the election results was a way to like project it out of ourselves but there was just so much joy in the streets and with people um i loved it it was great I, I know, by the way, when I was I was biking around 11 a.m. when the, the results were announced and we just heard the, the pots banging around us 
and my friend and I just decided to go to to Brooklyn to celebrate because everybody was like, Brooklyn's where's at? Everybody's out in the streets celebrating. So we just biked there and spent the day there. It was nice too. Very fun day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's, you know, it's getting better. I mean, it's really scary right now, I think, in the rest of the country, even here. But like, you know, it's scary because of this virus. But um, I think we need to keep hope alive. I agree. Uh, and like you reminded me last um, episode, I think it's very important that we focus on the positive like you know how you were saying how the media is always focusing on on donald trump and everything that he was complaining about instead of focusing on on the president-elect and i think um yeah like it's the same thing why are we focusing on the negative let's just focus on what the next year is going to bring exactly and i yeah i think it'll be good it'll be a good year um but I don't know. I, one thing I kind of wanted to to talk to you about before, um, you know, come like there's a show that recently came out that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about, and I wanted to get your reaction because I know that you started watching it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about uh, the new Selena show on Ooh. Netflix, Selena the series. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I haven't seen all of it. I've, I'm up to, I think, episode six. Okay. Um, it's, it's gonna, I think it's nine episodes or ten, but nine. it's going to be I think it's nine episodes. And this is part one out of two. Oh, okay. I was wondering that. Good, good. Okay. Um, a part two, I think, is going to be, more, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, this it's all about AB and, and, and all about Abraham, the brother and the dad. Yeah. Um, not about Selena. And I'm like, well, I think they're building it up so that in part two, I think that's going to be more about like her and her ultimate success. And of, uh, of, I'm guessing also, you know, the ultimate tragedy. Yes. And I think I've also like read that and I realized, I mean, as someone who like writes characters, I was at first taken back, mostly about the mother character, because I was like, I want to know more about her, and I just feel like she's always like this super amazing supporting mom, but I don't get anything else from her. But then I also realized that, um, like, we all know, at least for Selena, we all know her story. We know, we all know who we are, but I personally don't know about her family and her beginnings and how she came to be who she is and i feel like the show is giving is you know giving light to everything that happened to make selena happen you know the the brand of selena and and who she is and she's a bright uh beautiful talented uh woman but we know that you know we don't we don't have the backstory and i feel like that's what we're getting with this series and that's why i don't understand people who are complaining about it because i'm like but it's just a different point of view about Selena you know it doesn't have to be the way you wanted it to be yeah well I think setting it up in a sense um it was already going to be set up for a lot of criticism Mm. I mean Selena died in 1995 yeah 
Um, and I remember when I was told that she died, I was in Mr. Gonzalez's fourth grade class. Wow. And he told the whole class that she passed away. Oh, my and God. And I remember going home and watching the news with my sister-in-law and crying all afternoon. Um, oh, my God. And, <laughs> um, but, I mean, she died in 1995. And since then, I mean, I feel especially recently, but... I, she's her her following has gotten larger. I think she's become an idol for many people. And there's a like a you know like a I don't want to say cult, but there is a, a cult cultish following behind Selena. Yes. And it's a, a lot. I feel like it's like Selena, and I think it depends on who you talk to. Selena like Amor Prohibido, post Amor Prohibido, and those two English songs that she had. But then a lot of people can tell you what you did beforehand. So it was it's good to see like the beginnings. Yeah. Like the Johnny Canales show being featured. I grew up with the Johnny Canales show. Oh wow. Every Sunday. Um or, you know, hearing about different Tejano uh, artists. Yes. Um, that no one in America has really been exposed to, aside from people in Texas and people that follow Tejano music. The Tejano Music Awards, like, aside from people in Texas and people that, Tejano, that follow Tejano music, who has heard about that, like, that's actually been said in, a, like, one of these, a mainstream Netflix show, <laughs> number one, that's been number one for a couple of days. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I understand some of the critiques, specifically the wig situation. A lot of people are <laughs> unhappy about the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that, yes. <laughs> Um, another critique that I understand, um, is that, you know, they, they're, uh, critiquing the main actress that she's not, um, well, yeah. she's 30 and she's playing a 15 year old. <laughs> um, as what? she grows up though, I mean, she's gonna, I mean, yeah. even then, Selena passed away when she was a very young, 23. Wow. Yeah. She was 23. Yes. Very young. Um, and you know, a 30-year-old actress is playing her. Um, but hold and... on a second. Hold on a second. That's That that complaint, it's like, it doesn't make sense because if you look at every other movie with um, teenagers, even TV shows, the actors are always in their late 20s, sometimes in their early 20s, but most likely in their late 20s. So, what? I completely agree. <laughs> Um, um, another one I have heard of, of, of some folks is that um, the, the family is not dark enough, that the family yes. uh, doesn't look as indigenous as the Selena family was looking. I mean, they're, as far as we know, I don't know, you know, they're definitely Mexican. They're, they're, they're Mexican-American. Um, but that's another critique I've heard, that, you know, they, they aren't dark enough to portray this family. Um, I even heard, you know, Suzette's not uh, chubby enough. Oh my God. What and is, what like, is wrong what? with people? So all these things just keep piling up and I'm like, and this was before I actually watched the show and I was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? But then I started watching it and I was like, I, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, same. I feel like maybe this happens a lot with our quote-unquote woke community where maybe we just we're always trying to find a way to you know 
be the most authentic or the most realistic with our analysis and we just we just end up putting down the shows or the people that we're trying to connect with but just just to put it in perspective we're constantly asking as a community to be represented on the screen and this is a show where like all the cast and the production um, employees the executives everyone is mostly latinx so it's like you're finally getting what you asked for and now you're still complaining about these like tiny little things i mean if people are i i saw the complaint about i saw specifically about selena being whitewashed i hadn't seen about her family also being whitewashed but i feel that like i saw suzette quintanilla is the executive producer of the show like she yeah. has something to say about that and if she's okay with that what makes what makes you think that you're right about it <laughs> i don't know yeah exactly like you're talking about the people that are actually grew up with her yeah and our family yeah and they're the ones yes and and also if you don't know that the history behind that like that's another reality like the selena selena's family selena's family they're very controlling of her image. They were. So if you didn't know that to begin with, you know, you should have set your expectations to align with that because Selena's family was always very controlling of her image. Of everything. Uh, of everything, even as they were growing up. And a lot of people uh, didn't, maybe don't know beyond what they idolized, which is just the artist Selena. But like her family, I mean, her dad was very controlling um, in general, and it's no surprise that, you know, there's not gonna, they're not gonna paint, what kind of picture are you expected to be painted from, from this show? Like, I don't know, I, I am, I came with this show with an open mind, and I am, I'm not, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Me too, and, and, and I've, I've read about Selena growing up in a family that was very controlling, and it always reminded me of um michael jackson and the jackson five because they also had a very controlling father and they also grew up in the business in many ways um and i'm actually i mean i'm i'm pretty happy with the show because it's, it's really showing what we've always known about the family but in a much more personal way they interview the family members so i feel like we are getting a closer look at what the dynamics were like growing up um, in a family like this when the pressure was always so high for everyone to be 100%. And I think that you're definitely right from what you said at the beginning that a lot of us, and I include myself, just know Selena from her Amor Prohibido album. We don't know who she was prior to that. So, um, like, I, 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 I saw a comment online, someone saying how... Uh, they didn't like they didn't understand why she had curly hair throughout most of the episodes and then you go back to her looks back in the day and she does have curly hair so it's like we really don't know her and we're finally getting a look at her yeah exactly and her journey and trying to learn spanish yeah. in order to cross over into that music market yeah she learned spanish and she sang it pretty well yeah yeah she did well, I'm going to continue watching it. I'm going to see how it goes, and I'm excited for the second part. Me me too, but now because of COVID, I don't know how long we're going to wait, but I have one episode left. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, um, I hope, I feel like they might have, I don't know. I don't know what the production schedule is, but 
we have a lot of time to spend at home. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad we could talk about this. So from one to five, what rating would you give the show? I'm going to give it like a 3.5. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> before but um i i wouldn't say i mean like i i do have to say it is a little cheesy at times it's a little hokey and um it's kind of like they're trying to be like maybe i don't see it as a sitcom i see it more as a dramatic comedy but um but i i feel like um and along with with maybe like some questionable wig wig attire i i would say um 3.5 <laughs> maybe 84 i'm hoping that you know the second part really comes through but um we'll see but i'm enjoying it what about you i think i'm gonna do <laughs> i think i'm gonna do a four out of five too um although i feel like i'm also leaning into a 3.5 mostly because I don't know. I feel like I want to get more from some of the characters, especially the mom. And I hope we see a little bit more of that in the second part. Um, yeah. I might have given it a four, but there was one scene that I just can't get over. And it was when they crossed the border to Matamoros. Uh-huh. I grew up close to Matamoros, like an hour away, um, and I know that area pretty well. Um, <laughs> there are no mountains. <laughs> it's not the desert. It's uh, it's like uh, the the valley. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of palm trees, and it's very tropical. So um, I I did take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that is, I mean, that's on them because you're supposed to research that. You pay people to research for things like that, so. Yeah, and, you know, thinking that I was, I don't know, I don't know if every, like, I don't know the, the, the I guess, the, where every writer's from, but I'm hoping that a couple of them are from Texas, and if they're from Texas, what, what what's your deal? Yeah, what's don't, up with that? do you know? Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay, then. So, <laughs> this is it. We got to wrap it up. This is it for 2020. This is it for 2020. We'll leave you with one of my uh, uh, childhood favorites. Whenever I think of Christmas, I think of this song. Uh, sung by this girl group from the 80s called Pandora. And it's about Christmas. Wow. <laughs> Yo soy